Saint Anthony of the Desert by Saint Athanasius. Book One How Anthony Trained Himself. Chapter One The Call of God. Anthony was of the Egyptian race, his parents of good birth and good means, Christians too, so that he also was brought up in the Christian wise. As a child, he lived with his parents, knowing nothing but them in his home. And when he grew to be a boy and was advancing in age, he refused to learn letters, desiring to be away from the company of children. All his wish was, as is written of Jacob, to dwell unspoiled at home. With his parents, he frequented the church, not with the child's inattention, nor with the contempt of later years, but obeying his parents and listening to the lessons that were read, and carefully keeping the fruits of them in his own life. Nor again, though he found himself in a fairly rich home, did he worry his parents for rich and varied food, nor care for the enjoyment of it. He was satisfied with what was there, and asked no more. After his parents' death, he was left alone with one very young sister. He was eighteen or twenty years old, and had charge of the home and of his sister. Less than six months after the death of his parents, he was going out to church as usual, and collecting his thoughts, he pondered as he went how the apostles, leaving all things, followed the Savior, and the people in the Acts who sold their possessions and brought the price and laid it at the feet of the apostles for distribution among the needy. What good and great hope was laid up in heaven for these? With these thoughts in his mind, he entered the church, and it so fell that the gospel was being read then, and he heard the Lord saying to the rich man, If thou wilt be perfect, go, sell all that thou hast, and give to the poor, and come, follow me, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Then, as though it was from God that his thoughts of the saints had come, and this reading had been for his sake, as soon as he went out of the church, he gave to the villagers the property he had from his parents. It was three hundred acres of land, fertile and very beautiful, that they might not interfere with him and his sister. And all else that they had in personal property he sold, and raised a fair sum of money, which he gave to the poor, keeping a little because of his sister. But when again entering the church, he heard the Lord saying in the gospel, be not solicitous for the morrow. He could not bear to wait longer, but went out and distributed this also to the poor. His sisters he commended to known and trusty virgins, and put her with a sisterhood to be brought up. And then he gave himself for the future to the religious life, minding himself and living a life of hardship in front of his own house. For as yet monasteries were not so universal in Egypt, and no monk yet knew the great desert. But each who wished to attend to his soul exercised himself alone, not far from his own village. Now there was at that time in the neighboring village an old man who had practiced the solitary life from youth. Anthony, seeing him, was eager to imitate him, so he too at first began to stay in the places near the village. From there, if he heard anywhere of an earnest soul, he went forth like a wise bee and sought him out. Nor would he return to his own place till he had seen him and got from him what would help him on his way to virtue. 
There then he made his first steps, steadying his mind not to turn back to his inheritance, nor to think of his kindred, but to give all its desire and all its energy to keeping up the religious life. He worked with his hands, having heard, If any man will not work, neither let him eat, spending the money partly on bread, partly on the poor. He prayed constantly, having learned that in private we must pray without ceasing. For he so listened to the reading that nothing of what is written escaped him, but he retained everything, and for the future his memory served him instead of books. Living this manner of life, Anthony was beloved by all. He made himself really subject to the devout men whom he visited and learned for himself the special religious virtues of each of them, the graciousness of one, the continual prayer of another. He observed the meekness of one, the charity of another, studied one in his long watchings, another in his love of reading, admired one for his steadfastness, another for his fasting and sleeping on the ground, watched one's mildness, another's patience, while in all alike he remarked the same reverence for Christ and the same love for each other. Having thus gathered his fill, he returned to his own place of discipline and thereafter pondered with himself what he had learned from each and strove to show in himself the virtues of all. He had no contentions with those of his own age, save only that he would not be found second to them in the better things. And this he did in such manner that none was grieved, but they too were glad on his account. Seeing him such then, all the village people and the devout with whom he had intercourse called him a man of God and loved him as a son or a brother. Chapter 2 First Temptations But the devil, the hater and envier of good, could not bear to see such resolution in a young man, but attempted to use against him the means in which he is skilled. First, he tried to draw him back from the religious life by reminding him of his property, of the care of his sister, his intimacy with his kindred, the love of money, the love of fame, the manifold pleasures of the table, and the other relaxations of life. Lastly, he reminded him of the hardness of virtue and how great is the labor thereof, suggesting that the body is weak and time is long. So he raised in his mind a great dust cloud of arguments to drive him aside from his straight purpose. But when the enemy saw himself powerless in face of Anthony's resolution, and that rather he was himself overthrown by his firmness and routed by his much faith and beaten by Anthony's constant prayer. Then, placing his trust in the weapons that hang at his waist and glorying in these, for these are his first snare against the young, he advanced against the young man, disturbing him by night and so besetting him by day that even onlookers could see the struggle that was going on between the two. He suggested evil thoughts, and the other turned them away by his prayers. He roused feelings, and Anthony, ashamed, defended himself by faith and prayers and fastings. The wretched fiend even stooped to masquerade as a woman by night, simply to deceive Anthony, and he quenched the fire of that temptation 
by thinking of Christ and of the nobility we have through him and of the dignity of his soul. Again the enemy suggested the delight of pleasure, but he, angered and grieved, thought over the threat of the fire and the torment of the worm. These he opposed to his temptations, and so came through them unhurt. So all these things turned to the confusion of the adversary, for he who thought to be like to God was now mocked by a youth, and he who gloried over flesh and blood was now defeated by a man clad in the flesh. For with him wrought the Lord, who for us took flesh and gave to the body the victory over the devil, so that those who truly strive can each say, Not I, but the grace of God with me. As neither by this means could the serpent conquer Anthony, but saw himself thrust out of his heart, at length gnashing his teeth like one in a frenzy, he showed himself to Anthony, as it were flattering him. He no longer assailed him with thoughts, for the deceiver had been cast out. But using now a human voice, he said, Many have I deceived, and very many have I overthrown. Yet now when I attacked you and your works as I have attacked others, I was not strong enough. Anthony asked, Who are you that you say such things to me? Then at once he answered, I am the lover of uncleanness. I take charge of the ensnaring and the tempting of the young, and I am called the spirit of fornication. How many have I deceived who meant to be careful? How many that were chaste have I drawn away with temptations? I am he through whom the prophet reproaches the fallen, saying, You were deceived by a spirit of fornication, for it was through me that they were tripped up. I am he that so often beset you, and as often was defeated by you. Then Anthony thanked God, and taking courage against him, said to him, Then you are much to be despised. I have not one anxiety left on your account, for the Lord is my helper, and he will despise my enemies. Hearing this, the spirit instantly fled, cowering at his words, and fearing even to approach the man. This was Anthony's first victory over the devil. Or rather, this was the triumph in Anthony of the Savior, who condemned sin in the flesh, that the justice of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But thereafter, Anthony did not grow careless and neglect himself, as though the devil were beaten. Neither did the enemy cease his wiles, as having failed. For he wandered round again like a lion, seeking some chance against him. And Anthony, having learned from the scriptures that the craftinesses of the enemy are many, gave himself earnestly to the religious life, deeming that, though the foe had not been able to beguile his heart with bodily pleasures, he would surely try to ensnare him by other means for the devil is a lover of sin. More and more, therefore, did he repress the body and bring it into subjection, lest, after winning at one point, he should be dragged down at another. He decided, therefore, to accustom himself to harder ways, and many wondered, but he easily bore the hardship, for the eagerness of the spirit, long abiding with him, 
wrought in him a good habit, so that a small occasion given by others led him to a great exercise of zeal. This has been taken from St. Anthony of the Desert by St. Athanasius. This work is available through Tan Books and Publishers. For more information, go to www.tanbooks.com or call 1-800-437-5876. This work is in the public domain. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature. Right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network. News and talk for Catholic and other Christians. <laughs>